So we establish our mindfulness in the present moment. We call this the present moment Dhamma. So we set and establish our mindfulness in the present moment like this and make our mindfulness firm in the mind. Then the mind can become still and peaceful and be able to observe the sense impressions that enter the mind more clearly. This is a way of practice in the Buddha's dispensation, the teaching of the Buddha, this path of virtue, collectedness, and wisdom. This is the maga, the path of great importance. This is the inheritance that we've received from the Buddhist dispensation, that we've received from those that have come before us. We've received the teachings of the Buddha. We see that for the fully self-awakened Buddha to build his parami, his spiritual virtues, in order to succeed to complete self-awakening, this is something that's not easy to find at all. And for ourselves, we're ready, we're prepared with the qualities of generosity, of virtue, and we come to train our hearts and minds, to train our hearts well, because we we're taught that the well-trained mind, the well-practiced mind, brings us happiness. So this mind is of great importance. We practice to train our minds to be uh, firmly established with one mental object. For example, the meditation word, bhuto, or it could be dhammo or sangho, according to where we feel our faith most strongly. For instance, with faith in the Buddha, we use this meditation word, bhuto, in all the four postures, sitting, standing, walking, and lying down. If we travel far, we go with mindfulness with bhuto. In the end, we become skilled with this practice, and bhuto is in our hearts all the time with us. If our mindfulness gets lost, then it pulls us back. This is having bhuto firmly established in the heart, and even this word, Bhutto, the one who knows, the awakened one, the joyful one, even that uh, goes away and the mind becomes uh, still and peaceful. Then if greed, aversion, or delusion arise, then mindfulness uh, knows them in time. So we practice continuously and consistently like this and we become closer and closer to the Buddha. And the closer we are to the Buddha, the more happiness we have. We don't have suffering. And it's not that we all need to be monastics uh, to do this. For instance, on Saturday or Sunday, uh, for the laity, uh, they can be monastics uh, on those days or be monastics for one day. If one doesn't have the five precepts established every single day, then one can practice to have Saturday or Sunday have at least one of those days uh, be a day for the five precepts. And as we become more well-established in virtue, we add uh, precepts uh, bit by bit. Then we recollect the word bhutto to make our minds uh, peaceful and cool. So we train our minds in this way at all times. We have effort, 
uh, without ceasing. And we become closer and closer to the Buddha. Our minds become collected and happy. And the more merit we do like this, the more we grow in happiness and joy, including in our family life, our work life, in society and so on, we have more happiness and well-being. For instance, we can look at the examples of Anattapindika and Lady Visaka, the foremost uh, male lay supporter of the Buddha, Anattapindika, and the foremost female lay supporter of the Buddha, Lady Visaka. They were two individuals well-established in the five precepts who always followed the five precepts and followed the eight precepts on the lunar observance days. And they practiced generosity regularly as well and helped the Buddha's dispensation greatly. Practicing generosity uh, uh, continuously and constantly. Because as two of the foremost disciples of the Buddha, it was their duty to support the Buddha's dispensation with the four requisites. And then upon the ending of their life at death, then they went to uh, heaven realms according to their spiritual virtues, uh, their merit, and their past determinations. For instance, uh, Our Lady Visaka and Anattapindika, they are the foremost uh, lay supporters of five different Buddhas. This is their aspiration uh, in this uh, particular eon, starting with Kakusanda uh, Buddha, Kona Gamana Buddha, Kasapa Buddha, and then our uh, current Buddha, Buddha Gotama. And then as well in the future, they aspire to be the support, the foremost lay supporters of Buddha Metaya, the next Buddha. And we can look at the a uh, little bit of the history, the story of uh, Metaya Bodhisattva, uh, the Bodhisattva destined to be the next Buddha in this eon. In the time of our Buddha Gotama, he was a, a new monk. And he was a new monk, but he was uh, a great Bodhisattva who had built a vast amount of spiritual virtues, a vast amount of parami over the course of a very long time. And he could have been the highest type of Arahant a very long time ago, or he could have been a foremost right-hand disciple, foremost left-hand disciple of a Buddha a long time ago. Could have succeeded to attain the Dhamma a long time ago. But he saw that all living beings, all beings had a lot of suffering, a lot of dukkha, and he had the compassionate desire to help them. Therefore, he built his parami in order to help all beings to be free of the cycle of birth and death, not to suffer endlessly. So therefore, he built his parami to a greater degree. And in the life of Gotama Buddha, he uh, ordained as a bhikkhu. He was uh, born in that life as a bodhisattva, then ordained in the Buddha's dispensation. And Gotama Buddha, our Buddha, praised uh, the bodhisattva and uh, praised him and said that he would awaken as a fully self-awakened Buddha in the future for sure. 
then the uh, the maternal aunt, the uh, uh, stepmother of our Buddha, Gotama Buddha, uh, Gotami, she went to offer a very uh, nice robe, a robe that is uh, very hard to find that she made herself. And she wanted to offer this robe to the Buddha. But the Buddha wanted her to get the highest benefit from this offering. And so he didn't uh, accept this robe, but he handed it down to uh, the great right hand and left hand disciples who then handed it down to the great arhants. And this robe kept getting passed down the line of monks until it reached the very end of the line the most uh, junior monk, the newest monk. And this monk was the uh, Metteya Bodhisattva, the Bodhisattva destined to be uh, Metteya Buddha. And uh, Gotami, she cried and was very sad to see this because this robe, she was thinking, is uh, very nice, very hard to find, it's very hard to make. And she was determined to give it to the Buddha but the Buddha didn't accept it, and the Buddha handed it to his great right and left-hand disciples and down on the line past all the great arahants and so on to the newest monk. So whoever it was offering this robe likely would have felt sad just the same because they, she didn't know, others didn't know the intention of the Buddha then the Buddha uh, spoke of the parami of uh, Metteya Bodhisattva. And then the Buddha determined in his mind that may uh, the Buddha's alms bowl disappear. And the alms bowl disappeared. And then all the great disciples of the Buddha uh, sought to find the alms bowl. And even the great uh, right and left-hand disciples of the Buddha and the other great arahants, those with uh, incredibly developed uh, psychic powers and psychic knowledge, they tried to find where the Buddha's alms bowl went, but they couldn't find it because the Buddha determined in his mind that only Metteya Bodhisattva would be able to, to uh, get the alms bowl. So all the various monks with their great psychic powers and abilities um, searched all over the realms, even to the realms of the four great kings and to the Brahma realms and so on, and they couldn't find the Buddha's alms bowl. So then Metteya Bodhisattva stood there and held his hands out, and he determined with his uh, parami, his spiritual virtues, that I am my intention is to become a fully self-awakened Buddha in the future, the next Buddha, uh, Metteya Buddha. And may, with this determination, with this parami, may the Buddha's alms bowl be in my hands. Then with this determination, the Buddha's alms bowl uh, appeared in Metteya Bodhisattva's hands. So we see that the parami and the knowledge of Mateya Bodhisattva was full already at this time. And at this point, uh, Gotama Buddha prophesies that uh, Mateya Bodhisattva would become a fully self-awakened Buddha 
in the future, uh, in this eon, would become Mateya Buddha. And at this point, uh, Gotami was very happy, had a lot of rapture, a rapture and happiness in her heart upon hearing this. So this is a story of Mateya Bodhisattva, uh, whose parami is full already, who received the prophecy from uh, Gotama Buddha. And we can compare this uh, and think back to the story of our Buddha, Gotama Buddha, when he was a bodhisattva named Sumedha, the ascetic Sumedha. And the ascetic Sumedha had realized uh, great attainments of concentration, realized very high levels of absorption in jhanas and psychic powers as well. And if he so wished in that lifetime, he could realize uh, arahantship. He could be the highest type of arahant. And at that time, there was a Buddha, Dipankara Buddha, and the ascetic Sumedha listened to the Dhamma of uh, Dipankara Buddha, and he could have succeeded to realize full awakening uh, in that very moment. But then Sameda Bodhisattva thought to himself, well, I could go alone and cross to the other shore, to Nibbana. It wouldn't be difficult for me. But I wish to build my spiritual virtues even further so that I can help others uh, cross to freedom as well. So he had the compassionate wish to help uh, other beings uh, cross over as well. And he could have uh, built Parami to be a right or left-hand great disciple. But instead, Sameda Bodhisattva uh, wished to become a fully self-awakened Buddha and received the prophecy from Dipankara Buddha that that would indeed uh, come to pass in the future, that he would become a fully self-awakened Buddha. So this is the prophecy that Sameda Bodhisattva received in that lifetime. So for ourselves, we're born into this life and we have the good fortune to still be alive. We have faith in Gotama Buddha. So may you set your hearts on this practice. May you recollect the Buddha and repeat Bhutto, Bhutto in your heart very often. Repeat Bhutto all the time. Even when you're sick, uh, you can recollect the Buddha all the time until you're proficient and skilled in this to bring your mind to stability uh, and unification to samadhi. And with this unified mind, then you may contemplate the Four Noble Truths uh, effectively to bring about uh, rapture and joy in the heart. This is the mind in a state of heaven, a mind that has happiness, uh, collectedness, and peacefulness. So may you train your mind in this way with the meditation word, such as Bhutto. This is the recollection uh, of the Buddha, Buddha Nusati. But it can be any chant or any meditation word. It's not just the meditation word Bhutto. It can be the word Arahang, Arahang, or Bhutto Bhagawa, Bhutto Bhagawa, and so on. This is all the recollection of the Buddha, all the same. So may you all prosper and grow in Dhamma.